0: Welcome to the Three Guys with Epic Lives podcast. Your hosts are Justin Breen, Evan Ryan, and I'm Bill Bloom. This show is for high level entrepreneurs and for those who want to learn to live their most epic lives. Please subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for more incredible conversations about living epic lives because we could all do that make sure you subscribe to the channel. And thank you so much for being part of the show.
1: All right, all right. Welcome to three guys with epic lives. I'm here with Bill Bloom. I'm here with Justin Breen. We're going to have a great time with you today. Our topic of discussion is the benefits and what happens when you write a book. So I published a book a few months ago. It's been nothing short of magical. Justin has already published one book. He has just finished the manuscripts for his second book. Um, And so really kind of focusing there and just kind of talking about what's the process, what happens when you write a book um, and what are the outcomes?
2: Yeah, this is a great discussion. This is a great discussion, I think from a personal perspective and then, um I guess an entrepreneurial perspective, because my um my PR firm uh partners with a lot of folks who have written books. A lot of, um so I've lived this from a first hand perspective and a and a partner perspective, and then Bill's done Bill's done a book as well. So we've all we've all written books. Um I'm guessing we'll we'll write multiple books, and my, my second one comes out soon. But really to simplify it, there's two things that I've learned from this. There's two two main things. One is that a book is a key that opens up endless doors. It opens up endless doors. Um, 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 so my first book came out in May of 2020. I still do two to three media interviews for it every week, which I'm very grateful for. That's great for me, but it's a key that opens up endless doors. So it helps it helps my firm's uh, PR partners as well because then the host want to interview them. And that just keeps growing growing. So that's one. The second thing is when someone's like, I care about how many books I sell, I run away from them <laughs> like the plague. <laughs> because if you're worried about how many books you sell, if you're worried about the cost versus number of sales, um, and I'd love to hear both of your takes on this, because maybe I'm wrong, but my experience if that's what someone's primary concern is. I run as away as fast as I can from those people because they're only looking at it as a transaction as opposed to a key that opens up endless doors. Those are my two takes on what a book actually is and to me what it definitely is not.
1: Well, so I think pointing to the last point, it depends on if your book is a key for your business or if your book is your business. I mean, there's... Like if you're number one on Amazon, you're selling, I think you're selling like over a hundred copies an hour on Amazon, right? Like if you're number one on Amazon, you're selling over a hundred copies an hour, your book is your business. Right. And so there are other there are other components to your business like speaking and blah, blah, blah. But you know, if you if your profession is I'm an author, then I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think everybody has different priorities. I would just say the priority that I think has... If, if you're not going to be the book as the business, the priority I would say has the greatest odds at success in the long term would be using your, your book as a key. Um, like with my book, I'm not really focused on how many I sell because if I, if I sell a thousand copies, but they're to 1,000 perfect people, right. then boy, isn't that just spectacular. right? But like, if you're selling 100 copies an hour on Amazon, your book is your business. So I think it's just a, a matter of different priorities. But what I would say is I've never had more collaborations. I've never had more opportunities in my life than since my book came out. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, it's like every single day, a new opportunity hits my desk.
2: A key that opens up endless stores. That's what it is. That's. Uh, but your point is fair and correct. The book is your business, I would agree. I think for all three of us and most of the entrepreneurs that I'm guessing we all talk to, the book is not their business. It's a key to open up entrepreneurial opportunities, but it's not their actual business. Bill, talk about when, it, when did your first book come out? When did your first book come out? Oh
0: boy, the first one... It had to have been, I think, 2015 or 2016. I think it was quite a few years ago now. It was, it was something that I wrote to really target the right kind of people who I wanted to be a hero to at the time. It was really like a calling card to work with the right kind of people, the right fit type of clients. and. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I, my eight quick start was like, okay, let's try this. Let's see what happens. Cause I got stuck at, at an airport for like eight hours. And I was reading one of Dan's <laughs> quarterly books. And I had like, like a maybe a 10 or 15 pager from uh, about writing a book through coach. And I just started to do it, the outline and, There was a lot of speaking events that came from it. A lot of good clients that came from it. Um, But I think your confidence level goes up when you put something out into the world. I was super scared at first. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to be the response to this? I probably overthought that. I really overthunk that. But now looking back at it, my confidence level has gone up a million times because I did actually do something and you complete it. I think that's one of the things that everyone should do is put something out there, see what happens. Cause you don't know whose life you're going to affect. And without, without trying something, you don't know how you're going to impact the world. So it's been a great experience for me um, creating books.
2: Yeah. That's um, you, you took action and then you learned from it. Um um i had a different publisher for my first book the the current one scribe media is doing and they they do a great job i my uh they have several layers of the publishing process they just emailed me it's going through the edits now just basic copy editing um but you know from my perspective um, and, and I'd like to hear both your points on this. For me, the important part was that, you know, obviously the manuscript is good. For me, it was really important to have somebody, somebody great, write The forward. And then the cover had to look good too. Um, so Chris Voss did the forward for my first book. I'm very grateful for that. And then Peter Diamandis has written the forward for my second book. I'm very grateful for that as well. The cover's not out yet, but I'm sure it will soon, but those, I wanted it to look nice, even though I'm not a visual person, most people are. And then I thought it was important to have that validator, have somebody have a big name do the forward for it. Those are two important things for me.
1: I never once considered that. I never once considered the forward to be something that was important. Um, so it's really interesting to hear that. I'm excited to see how it how it goes for you, especially now that you've got some really, really amazing people writing forwards and and adding value to your book. Um, I always considered my book to purely be a tool for communicating ideas and to purely be a tool to allow me to be a clear thinker. I never once thought that you know somebody would somebody would potentially pick up the book or buy the book because of the forward. So that's a huge, that's a huge mind expansion for me, I think.
2: Yeah. Multiple people have posted and told me they purchased the the first book because of that Chris Voss wrote it. And then they're very excited um, that Peter's writing the second. So they're, I mean, again, that's, that's what I've heard based on that. Um, for me, books are all about validity and credibility key that opens up endless stories. And the more validity and credibility you can add to that by having someone great write the forward, that just adds to the validity. And then I use it as a commercial, I use it as a commercial for them too, because I mean basically every interview I've I mean, you can guess this is considered an interview or media opportunity. Like every time I mention who wrote the forward, so it's great for them. It's great for them too. It's a good collaboration. Um, And you know, I just think it's a really interesting evolution to see and Bill, you've you've had a book published before either Evan or I did, but it's an interesting evolution to see what maybe you think was gonna happen from it and then what actually did happen. There's one thing that I was really surprised. Um, besides doing two to three media interviews every week, I mean, my first book's been out almost exactly two years. I still do three. I mean, that's a lot of media for a book that came out two years ago. Um, and then I started doing media for the second book and it's not even out yet. I mean, there's no launch date even probably be late summer. But the other thing I found very surprising and interesting is that a lot of, uh, clients or partners before they signed with my firm, they read the first book they They read it it was almost like a um not a validator, but like a, like a, like l- reading up on somebody before they sign. It was really an interest. I did not expect that, but that that's happened several times in the last couple of years.
1: I'll jump in on that idea. I was expanding on this idea in a blog post I just wrote. I think writing a book forces you to really become clear on all of your ideas because simplifying your ideas down to down to something that a stranger could read it and they would understand what you're talking about is excruciatingly difficult. And so I think that writing a book forces you to become writing a book, a good book forces you to become really really clear on that and it forces you to become really really clear on who is your audience and who is not your audience. And, you know, the bigger your audience, the greater the likelihood that your book is your business. But if you have a very, very narrow audience, and Justin, you have a very narrow audience, Bill, you have a very narrow audience, I have a very narrow audience, then the, like, the lower the likelihood is that you're going to sell a ton of copies. But the higher the likelihood is that when somebody who's in your audience picks up and reads your book, they will give you a phone call.
0: Yeah, and because you, get that you great...
1: simplified your own un- understanding. Sorry, Bill.
0: <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. I wasn't sure if you were done there yet, uh, Mr. Ryan. But that's the fun part about it is you don't know when your phone's going to ring or you get that email. When I put my first book out there, a friend was like, hey, I bought it. It was like 999. dollars He's like, this wasn't worth nine ninety nine because So it was more of a smaller book. And I was like, oh, that was good feedback. And good negative feedback is has allowed my other books to be priced properly or all my books are for free on my website. I don't even charge for them, they're all free. You don't even need an email to download them. It's more about giving and putting what you do out there to the world to help people. So I think that's been a fun experience, but when I hired Justin's firm, when I released the two books during the pandemic, because that was my inspiration, that was fun because that opened up a ton of doors for podcasts and interviews and being on the news here in Chicago and other opportunities. So that was a wild ride that I didn't know what to expect and do. So that was incredible.
2: Right. You didn't know what, you didn't know what happened. And then you, all these amazing things happened. Um, um, I I wrote the manuscript for my second book in, um, in 16 days, which obviously that's pretty fast, but like the ideas that came from it, Including the title, Bill, you gave me the title for the book. By the way, um, that took two years. I started cobbling the list, those list of ideas, um, after the first book came out, and then when someone says something really great, I'd write it down. So that happens maybe once a month. So to get to thirty ideas, it took, you know, took almost two years. Um, but it's written, Evan, you already said it. It's written for a certain type of person. It's not written for. Uh, for lack of a better term, a human. How I'm writing. I mean, because a regular person's not gonna. They're not. They're not gonna. Um, like I, I made it as human as possible, but a regular person's not gonna understand it anyway, because they're not living in this world that. They don't. Even, they don't want to live in this world that we're in. They don't want to know about it. They don't care. But it's written for the high-performing entrepreneurs because it simplifies it for them. It simplifies it for that, for that type of world, I think. And not business owner, entrepreneur, fundamental difference. And I think that's exciting when you can simplify that type of message and then watch what happens in real time after it comes out, certainly before it comes out. And then it just it's a long tail. It's just, it just never stops. I mean, it just keeps going and going and going. I want to go back, Bill. I am stunned that some feedback that you got was that your
1: book wasn't worth $10 because it wasn't long enough. Was the content good? Was this, I, this person your target customer?
0: It was not a target customer. No, it
1: was not. Um, exactly. I, I think... Okay. Exactly. Cause I got similar content. feedback.
2: Right. That's why I don't write That's That content. Was that for customers?
1: Yeah. My, my feedback was that my book wasn't detailed enough. But it was from somebody who's like a trained, a couple of people who are trained engineers. So what, how did you respond to that, Bill? Did you end up changing the price of your future books? What did you do there?
0: You know, I did actually, because when I write a book, my first two were on the shorter end. They were meant to be read within an hour. So you could simply understand the concepts. It was not meant to be something like Tony Robbins and Peter Diamantis' new book, the, the Audible is 23 hours, right? I wanted it to be read in like 23 minutes, not 23 hours. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's just unbelievable. And I'm listening to it. It's a great book, by the way. But it made me realize that, well, let me go back. I thought that so many people were going to buy it. I thought it was going to be incredible. And that didn't happen So my, my expectations changed when I released the second one, but then when I did three and four, those were real size books. You know, I priced them accordingly. I definitely did, but I had different expectations throughout the whole entire thing because most people don't even get past the first chapter of books. So if someone actually read your book, you did something right.
2: You know, um, I don't know about you guys, but I always uh, ask the authors or someone who recommends a book to me, what part should I read or part should I read? Cause I never read a whole book. It's very rare that I finish a whole book cause I just want the, <clears throat> the simplified, the simplified version of it. I, I think you can get, I think you can get the meat of something from a prologue and then the first couple chapters, or maybe there's a chapter buried in there. That's, that's really important. Um, but if that, if that's helpful, like, um, Peter's new book that I have it, I think it's great. Um, but I'll wait till you're done with it. And then I'll be like, tell me what part to read. Cause I just can't, I mean, I just can't, I, I just, it's too, it's too much information for me. It's information overload. But if you want to simplify it for me, when you're done with 23 hours of listening, I'm happy to, to look at that one or two parts. I'd be
0: happy to, that. happy to, man.
2: Justin, do you use
1: Blinkist or anything? Any of those like book shortening services?
2: No. Good idea, though.
1: I've heard they're good. I don't use them, but I've heard they're good. It's a good idea.
2: Yeah, I have um, so many books. Um, there's just piles and piles of books, which is great because I'll read a couple chapters and then I'll get, um, I'll get, I'll get what I need out of it. There's um. You guys keep talking, but there's a, a really good book I've been reading lately, and I want to get the title exactly right. Um, it's so good, and I might actually finish this whole one. I might. That's how good it is. Okay, I found it. It's nobody's talking. I found it. <laughs> uh, Hero on a Mission, A Path to a Meaningful Life. Uh, it's by Donald Miller. It's a New York Times bestseller for those who care about that. It's so good, man. So good, because it talks about um, there's four types there's four types of people there's the victim there's the victim uh, bill i'm guessing that person who criticized your book is in victim full victim mode uh, then there's the the hero, which kind of uh, what we are we're the heroes we're crafting our own story and being a hero to others we're actually heroes to the same types of people uh, then there's the guide. And there's the guide and that's like a hero graduated so like Dan Sullivan's a guide I would say Peter Diamandis is a guide and then there's a fourth oh the villain the villains the fourth one that's pure evil I don't I don't really know any villains maybe a couple but um, the biggest challenge is going from victim to hero it's like okay I don't need to be a victim anymore let's actually write a book or let's start a company or stop complaining about this and take action. And then the point of the book is that you become a hero by taking action and crafting your own story and then taking action and doing something about it. So it's a really good one. I strongly recommend reading it. And then it'll be interesting to see how the heroes transform into guides. um, Someone like Dan.
0: That's a good one. I've got a fun fact here for you. What percentage do you guys think of authors Never finish a book.
2: What percentage of authors who never become authors never finish right. a book? Yeah. Okay. where? Who are you? I'm an eight fact finder. Where are you citing this from? Google's. I'm going to guess
1: 85%. Evan? I was going to say between 75 and 80.
0: <laughs> Apparently it's 97%.
2: Wow. Yeah. So that's this, victim mentality. Wow.
0: That's unreal. Unreal.
2: So, okay. Bill, this is why I partner with 0.1% of the population, because the 0.1% is the small minority of the 3% who actually finishes a book and then will take action to invest in telling that story. That's the whole point. That's the whole – because what, what's the point of targeting or talking to the 97 or 99.9% who will never finish it or never take action to begin with? They won't become heroes. So what's the point of that?
0: Yeah, there, there is no point. I mean, Dean Jackson says only ten percent of people will read the book. So that's yeah, fascinating. Go if you are going to do it, just get it done. Do it. Put it out there. Get out into the world. It's never been easier to do it. So
1: you know, and if only ten percent of people are going to read the book, just write the damn book,
2: and not that many people are going to read it anyway.
0: Exactly. Don't get your hopes up. It's not yeah. about that.
2: That's why it's not about sales unless to your point Evan, which you are right that's what I, you think beyond the question Evan there's a question and then you're thinking somewhere beyond it, which is super interesting to me uh, it's really fascinating to me if the book is your business then that's great Total, that's but that's the minority of the minority of the minority of the minority. I mean that is I think for the most part uh, it's for the most part it's a key that opens up endless stores but I would agree with you there. I mean, certainly some authors, that's their whole livelihood. So, fair point. Do we want to wrap this up? That was me attempting to wrap it up. I'm not a All right.
1: Well, (laughs) this has been another episode of Three Guys with Epic Lives. I hope that you've enjoyed it. If you have, please leave us a review. Uh, Please hit that subscribe button. Um, If you haven't, please lie in your review and say that you have. (laughs) And we will see you next time.
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the three guys with epic lives podcast. We are truly grateful for you listening and please make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting channel. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family all over your social media. And again, we're very grateful to have you as a listener on our show.